That way we can see it. We can feel it. Can you see us, Brian? I can see it. I can feel it. Okay. Love is in the air. Actually, 11 o'clock on the news. Look at that. Boom. Brian, I assume when you say times, you're always talking about Pacific, right? I am. I am. I I don't like math, so you're just going to have to fucking do it for me. (laughs) Well, we're not going to do math either, so it's going to be really (laughs) fun. You know know what the worst part is? Is that he's two hours ahead of you, and I'm three hours. Because all three of us are in different time zones. It's absolute bullshit. It's the mad, it's madness. It is madness. We need one person in mountain time. Like, we need to add one person to this podcast who's mountain time. Hey, listener, I hope you're in mountain time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fans. They'll all be about mountain doing time. doing a shitty podcast? Because nobody does that. <laughs> I hear it's a new thing. So, wait. Did you tell us about something good? Something good. Yes. So, Amanda's surgery went well. Okay. Yeah. Everything was good. It was... They were able to do it laparoscopically, so she got to go home that night, which was awesome. She didn't even have to stay over. They got everything out. She actually had two cysts. One was the fucking huge one, the grapefruit size one. The other was a much smaller one. They were actually on her fallopian tubes uh, instead of the ovaries. So that was good in the fact she got to keep both ovaries, and they took everything else. I thought you were going to say she got to keep both cysts. (laughs) <laughs> bring them, bring them home in a jar. And the other one's name is. They Zeno. bagged them up into go bags for us. It was really nice. They're in the freezer right now. Ah <laughs> uh, man, well that's that's good. That's uh, all really. Good. All so the robots did it. How? Yeah. What do these? What do these robots look like? <laughs> are they, do they like, wear? Do they wear wings or form? Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking creepy. Like she had. They did like five tiny cuts in her abdomen. So she's got like five what looked like tiny knife wounds and they basically just stuck robot arms in all the holes and they did Dude, all that's the work fucking crazy the surgery was actually across the room like 10 feet away from her on a computer doing the surgery did he make robot noises the whole time because if i, re- I, if I was a surgeon <laughs> which is a sentence i should never say <laughs> yeah. if i was a surgeon and i got to do that i would just be like beep boop why does this robot keep referring to itself as Skynet? I'm not comfortable yeah. with that. I own these cyst. <laughs> and the rest of you. So Colton and I were talking about it. I don't know when we were talking. But I was like, yeah, you know, robots did it all. And he was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. Didn't you read the text message? I read robots. the band. It was okay. And then I got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read robots and yeah. was more interested. <laughs> Zeno started typing robots. Is the robot okay? Yeah. The, Does the, the robot, robot have cancer? robot cancer? <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, all right. We are talking about sensory panels and judging score sheets and stuff, right? All right hold yeah. on. We got we to gotta do better at starting the saying... Yeah, this is still talking. We're talking about that's that's it. Yeah, we can, he can do that. He he does a great lead in. Give him a break. He's just calibrating what we're talking about. Calibration. Calibrate. <laughs> <laughs> Holiday. <laughs> um, it'll uh, be real fun. You guys are awesome. So Where the fuck did I put that? Yeah, I, I figured we would go and kind of use the judging score sheet from ACSA as a framework right? and just talk about like what, instead of having the inner monologue that we would usually have as a judge or what you would be thinking about and what you would write down and the feedback you would kind of get instead of saying that, you know, or instead of thinking it, we're actually going to say it. Right. Right. And like, Hey, this is kind of what these three strangers perspectives are. Right. And, and I mean, this is what we do with everything we taste, I think. Yeah, maybe not this intense every time, but yeah, it's, it's good to practice that. And the more you do it, the faster you'll get at it, and the better you get. Yeah, so. and that's the key. Speed does help. <laughs> that's what I tell the ladies. <laughs> 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 I actually read this really cool article on Mezcal in on Punch Magazine. Did you ever, you ever read Punch? Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that magazine. Yeah, a lot. I wish I, there was another magazine that was that good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think our industry could support any kind of publication at this point. So I was reading this thing on Mezcal, and it was like, th- this guy went down to Mexico, and it was real romantic, you know. It was ridiculous. And 
one of the takeaways that at the end the guy was saying is like, yeah, you know, Americans, we always we analyze everything. Like uh, we know we do it. We do with every beer that we drink, every shit, water, tea, everything that I drink. I'm like, <laughs> right? I'm like this pretentious soapbox douchebag. <laughs> Maybe that's just how I walk through life. Anyways, and the point was is like instead of doing that, just just drink it and like let's let it be. Try not to overanalyze it. And just it is what it is. And there was like a real a nice sentiment about it. I like to do that on my second drink. Yeah, the second pour. First of the pour, same thing? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh, I really like this. And then you just kind of stop thinking yeah. about and it. And you're like, this, sure. this is cool. Sure. Sure. It's good. All right, I'll do a quick in- intro here. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is the Still Talking Podcast, our irreverent distilling industry show with Jason Zeno, Colton Weinstein, and myself, Brian Christensen. Here we're discussing distilling, spirits, education, the industry, and anything else that makes us giggle. In today's show, we're going to talk about sensory panels and judging protocols. Colton, start us off. All right. So, What the hell are we doing? So for today, we all have four different spirits. Uh, we figured you'd get the best of all worlds if we all did four different products, but all of the same sort of line. So we have a, a clear spirit. I think all three of us have a gin. Uh, we all have a whiskey. We all have a fruit-based brandy. And then we also have um, a distilled spirit specialty, or DSS. So me personally, I have a gin, gin mare. Gin mare? Gin mare. Is that what it's called? <laughs> gin mare. <laughs> I, I figured we would start with brandy. My thought was go brandy or even whiskey brandy gin DSS. What do you guys? What that's right, fine. So, I was just saying the the products we have in uh, front of me. I figured we'd just go as we did them. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, what, what What do you think, fellas? Don't let me dominate the flight. I think it's worth pointing out in a in an actual judging situation. We would break these kind of spirits up into different judging panels, and they'd all be working with these, uh, you know, individually, so as not to mess up their palates, and so we can. It's easier to calibrate. But in this scenario, we're going to go through them all together one after another. Colton, where should we start? Uh, I mean, yeah, let's start with Brandy. Brandy, you're a fine girl. (laughs) So, yeah, once you get your Glencairn full, you then serenade the glass. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I feel like I should sing a song for every spirit that we drink today. So I was reading... I'm good with that. I was reading, uh, just kind of flipping through um, Tasting Whiskey the other day. You know... Lou Bryson? Lou Bryson, one of the best books there is. He's fantastic. <clears throat> um, and I just, you know, just rereading his, his tasting section, and one thing that I guess I do anyways, but kind of stood out to me just seeing it and writing again, always use the same glass no matter what it is you're tasting. Just when you're, when you're doing tastings, when you're actually thinking about it, right? Because you don't want the way the, the glass is to kind of affect. You know, do you your, mean your like the same brand? Like, no, same. So same sort of spirit, I guess. You you know, like if you're going to do a whiskey, I think generally you want to judge it based off of how it is and of how it is in a in a Glencairn, let's say. Or if you don't use Glencairns, if you know, a neat glass or whatever, whatever kind of glass. Oh, we're not just going to shamelessly plug Glencairns. Well, we're we are, but <laughs> some other people might have different glasses. <laughs> I have a bunch of Glencairns, and I. Way to keep it fair and balanced. That's <laughs> just, just what I have. I mean, um, all right. That's that's fair. I think that's good. There's other little things. I think what you said, Maggie was telling you, I don't know if it was when she was telling you this, but it's a good takeaway too, is like don't change your daily routine up, right? Yeah, if right. you snort a bunch of Coke before you, every morning when you wake <laughs> up, don't stop just because you're tasting some spirits, right? Yeah, you're right, going to have exactly. a real you bad taste. Yeah, you got to open up those nasal cavities. <laughs> <laughs> we give the best advice yeah. on this podcast. Should we, should we go through the basics of tasting and nosing? Like, what are the general rules? Like, let's go very, you know, bare bones. Like, don't pound cigars. <laughs> don't pound cigars. <laughs> right. Don't pop I mean, in a snooze. Right I mean, actually, yeah. yeah, I mean, just the general process of tasting, how you chew it, how you, you know... How you actually knows it, you know. Let's go really simple. Okay. okay so what are you doing right now, Brian? Because you just, you just, I just watched you drink, and I'm slightly turned on. But tell me about it. Walk me through it. So the basic instructions I've always got are to take the spirit, nose it. 
Uh, put the, uh, your tongue on the roof of your mouth. That's one of the things I've heard before uh, that I've utilized when you're nosing. And I think there's a couple different schools of thought. One is basically get your nose in there and really get it. But the other side of it is if you get your nose in there too much, you get too much of the aroma, you can actually kind of burn out your nose a little bit when you're, when you're nosing it. So you have to be a little more subtle. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, one, one trick I use too, you know, I, I move the glass in a, a, as many different um, positions as I can. Right. So like if I can, if I can get it horizontal without spilling, you try that too. Cause you'll get a different, the douchier he can look. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like always pinkies out. No, in all honesty, I, I love that idea. Yeah. I'm always like going around like on top of it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm all about right. if you get your nose right up in there, you get burnt out pretty quick, especially if you're on a judging panel. With, you know, you got to do seven of these in a line and one flight and judge them against each other. That's tough. Yeah, don't That's burn really out your year. don't burn out your nose on the, the first. I mean, first before flight. I even do that, I, I look at it. I mean, I look at it. I twirl it around in the glass. I see how it hangs on the glass. I, I see how the light comes through it. You know, one one trick that you know twirling it around and checking it out actually does too is it coats the entire glass with the spirit. So if there was any sort of, you know, sometimes you get stale air in there. Just if your glass was turned upside down right before you pour, poured something in, um, and that that kind of rinses that out and gets just the full, you know, aroma of the spirit in there. Oh, and one of the things we always do at judging competitions, too, is when we pour a flight and take it out to the judges, we always put watch glasses on top or some sort of covering so that that way you don't, you know, if the spirit's going to sit there for, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes before they get to it, you might run into a problem with the spirit. Essentially, it's oxidizing, right? Is that the problem that we're talking about? No, it's it's that you're losing, yeah, you're vaporing (laughs) off your, it's just vaporing off your aroma. All that volatile aroma that's coming off. So you're. Yeah, sight glasses are great. Um, we're not using any today, but this is very half-assed, and it's just more about the conversation, right? So you're, what are you drinking, Brian? I've got apple ba- uh, brandy made in small batches with New Mexico apples. It's from oh, Santa Fe cool. Spirits. That sounds delightful. It is pretty delightful. Okay. Um, I actually have a German brandy. It's uh, <laughs> Osbach Uralt. I'm sure that's exactly how it's pronounced. Uh, so it's a three years and fine old brandy. That's about as much information I get that in a language that I can read. Is a fine noble distillate, traditional distillation. Oh, it is limousine oak. In the secret Osbach maturing and refining process. So a three-year secret. They put it into barrels. Yeah. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> the bottle is the, the bottle is kind of cool though. Yeah, the podcast can yeah. see that. <laughs> That's why I'm explaining it, dickbag. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Colton, what are you drinking? So I've got a Spanish brandy, the Fundador. Uh, it's a Solera Reserve. So Solera is probably one of the coolest aging systems, where they just basically have a pyramid of barrels and. They take some out of the bottom, then add back in from the next row and back in from the next row and next row, right? So it's it's a way of blending everything out for consistency, but it also keeps things aged properly. And, and you know, sometimes you can end up, if I guess if your Solera is well-established enough, you can end up with some 30-year-old products just because you consistently have that flow going. Okay, I'm actually going to taste now because Brian already was tasting. That so. cheater. Yeah. <laughs> So to taste, you put your lips around the entire glass. (laughs) (laughs) Take your hands off. (laughs) Throw it back. Throw it back. You don't swallow. You want to waterboard yourself. That's really what you're trying to do. Um, So, so, I mean, after I looked at it and to Colton's point, move it around a little bit. I feel like I can wrap most of my head around that. It doesn't take much. Um, Before I even put it to my mouth. He's now putting it into his mouth. I feel like people need to know that. I almost, I almost <laughs> trying spit not brandy to spit all over the microphone. Yeah, so I, I did the tongue thing, I guess, too. Man, this is, it is real sexual the whole time. 
It really is. That's you have to just embrace it. Really, is about. You start talking about viscosity. But and I mean, mouthfeel. I kind of you know I do. Unfortunately, I do something that's kind of like the Kentucky Chew, right? Where you kind of swish yeah. it around a little bit mm-hmm. and just get it on every part of your palate. And I actually like to leave my mouth open a little bit so I can mouth breathe like a dummy. So I don't look too pretentious. <laughs> uh, I, I like to, to breathe through it a little bit and feel it. And then just, it's still finishing in my mouth right now. Come on, guys. <laughs> it's trying to hold it together. Yeah. <laughs> We're children. What do you expect? In all honesty, it really is, though, too. So, all right, Colton, did you drink? Uh, yeah, I've had a couple sips. Oh, okay. um, well, the first thing I noticed that, you know, it's something I, <clears throat> I try to stay away from, but you, I really can't. The power of, of persuasion, just looking at this brandy, it looked super, the color was super red, and to me kind of looked like it was going to be sweet, and then I tried it, and it was a super sweet brandy. I'm not sure that that's 100% accurate, but, you know, that's just, just to I, always be aware that sometimes you look at something, and you're like, oh, that looks like it's going to taste like this, and then... But that's a good point. So, like, the the first... On this template that we're kind of using, that the a judging panel would use, the first one is an appearance, right? Mm-hmm. And it's what is the one to five on that, Colton? Well, so the way Maggie, another uh, Maggie Campbell, Maggie episode Campbell here. episode, it's Mag- Maggie yeah. Campbell, <laughs> Maggie Campbell. Uh, the way she set this up, we when the first year I was doing this, we had a lot of problems with, especially vodka panels complaining. Well, other other panels actually, not vodka, but. Other panels complaining that vodka was unfairly scored because it almost always gets a 10 on appearance when it's a 1 through 10 scale, right? So we were like, all right, how do we fix this? So this is actually an old tasting sheet. The last year, we totally did away with tasting or with, uh, yeah, with tasting. We just looked at your bottle and scored it. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, last year, we, we totally did away with, with, um, adding points to individual like appearance aroma intensity body etc we basically you did all these notes based off all those and then gave a general score but most judging that i've seen previous to that had been you know you rate appearance one through ten you rate aroma one through ten so the reason appearance on this one is one through five is we wanted to weight the appearance part less cool but it still needs you know it still needed a factor because it is important, especially for especially sure. for some DSS things that you know people are not going to buy yeah. just from the way it appears, even if it's the most amazing spirit there ever was. Well, I mean, I think it's important even for the brand, the brandy that we're talking about. That's I, I guarantee you there is a significant amount of caramel coloring added to both yes. of the, the brandies that we're drinking right now. And I mean, mine's a three year in limousine oak, and this thing's pretty damn dark. Yeah, <laughs> right. So. And I could get it on the nose, too. So you're saying about sweet. Sure, but I mean, even looking at it, and yeah, if I did not see the bottle when you poured this, though, I would have the same perception by looking at this. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. this has caramel, a lot of caramel coloring in it. Yeah, I mean, mine's, mine's almost bright red. So, you know, if I saw that on the back of a bar, I probably wouldn't order it just based off of appearance alone. And it's, it's real good. So I guess I'll get back to actually tasting it now. Is it? Is it? I can't remember. I don't know. That's a frame fun bory. <laughs> well, yeah, and once you start, like Colton said, once you start getting into DSS, you're looking for things like, are there? Is it? Is it cloudy? Is there sediment? You know, what's actually happening inside the bottle? If there's, you know, if it, the instructions say you have to shake it vigorously before serving, that makes it really tough in a judging oh. situation because. One, you have to make sure the stewards are doing that, and depending on how long it's going to sit in that glass, it may not be served the way you intended. So that's another thing that's worth noting. If you are going to send spirits into a judging competition, make sure you try and communicate with the actual stewards and the people doing the work to make sure they know how you need it to be served, if it needs to be chilled, things like that. Not every competition is going to go through the hoops, jump through the hoops for you, but it's best to try and at no, least and I think that. that- you know, we talked about it on the whole competition episode, but it's a ever evolving thing, like how these panels are going to go and what these templates mm-hmm. are going to look like. And I know I've talked about it with Maggie before, and I've talked about it a bunch of times that different panels should have different templates. 
Like, yeah, you know, that's that's a lot of work. But it yes, is a ton of should. work. It is a ton of work. But, I mean, it, it, we're working towards that. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, we're not there yet. We might not be. We may never get there. But. I mean, honestly, ideally, different, you know, different spirits, even in the same panel, should have, you know, rye whiskey and bourbon whiskey should have a different tasting template. Yeah. Again, yeah. way too much work. Yeah, you're but. getting you're getting down to the details. But, I mean... What we're going to do for this brandy here when we get to the gin and DSS is not really applicable. Some of it. Some of it. Yeah. Anyways, so appearance. So, all right, I'm going to give you, like, what I would think on appearance like this. It's pretty. Uh, yeah. It looks, it's really rich amber. I would, it's like there's a tobacco, there's a yellow hue on the edges. It's real nice. It looks real heavy, like the way it moves around the glass and viscous and... I expected it to be a lot of like burnt sugar, caramel. My art reaction, Gary Spinnick, right? <laughs> right. So uh, he yeah. loves my art reaction, but um, yeah. Um, God, he loves it so much. Th- so I mean, like this, I wouldn't give it a bad rating on this, but I do. To to Colton's point, you definitely have a perception of what you're about to put in your mouth just by looking at it. <laughs> Well, I mean, the human experience, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to rely on your visual indicators. So like it or not, they're going to look at the bottle. Consumers yeah. going to make a decision based on that uh, a lot of times. So it is important that it, ha- you know, essentially you just don't want to, you want to make sure there's nothing wrong with it. it sh- there shouldn't be f- some fault in the actual uh, visual appearance of it. If it's cloudy, yeah, and, you're going to run I mean, run into if this was super, super light, I would be concerned in a different aspect of yeah. it, right? right. Yeah. Um, as I far guess, as as yeah. far as like the aroma, the nose on this goes, I could smell it before I even picked up the glass. There's a lot of like weird like berry. It's, it's like berries. It's like it's almost like Fruit Loops. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's, that's it's odd. <laughs> yeah, it is like right. It's like it's like kid cereal fruit. So yeah. Right. So essentially, what we're talking about there is the intensity of the original nose. And some of the key notes I know Colton has here on the tasting sheet are, you know, is it perfumed, elegant, heady, harsh? And those, again, are just terms to kind of help focus in the language and the vocabulary of an individual spirits judge. And again, these are the actual, I mean, we would use these kind of notes in a distillery if you were actually Yeah, we do. This, this actual, I, I mean, I took use this, this tasting sheet from Maggie's template and, you know, kind of... Um, Worked it around a little bit more towards some of our products. Like I, I added a smoke character section just for a couple of our products. I don't know if you guys know this, but I, I make a lot of smoked right. whiskey. <laughs> None of them are good, but you make yeah. them. I've heard Hey-o. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what those last few categories. I'm like, smoke character? Yeah. <laughs> um, Vodka <laughs> smoked character. <laughs> I mean, so my aroma intensity, yeah, it's... Ugh. Very, it's I don't want to say fruit forward, but it is fruit forward. Did it say what kind of grape it was? Mm-mm. That's what I was looking for on it. And maybe it does in German. Uh, I'm not up to my on reading German. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, listener. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put it in a Google Translator <laughs> later. It's like for that beautiful oak, if it's in limousine oak, I'd, there's a little bit of that oak character, but not as much from being this color that I would want on it. But so you think you think that it's a new barrel though? First first use? I do. Yeah. So like for example mine which you know we talked about how it's it's solarid, my aroma intensity is actually fairly subdued. Um I I get, you know, once I dig my nose down in there I, it opens up a lot, but how is that spirit uh, Brian? I re- I want to drink your spirit. Can I jump through the computer? <laughs> yeah. If you pour it onto the webcam, you can jump through my computer. Out of our webcam, yeah, that's how it works. Okay, so. <laughs> let's see how this Hold works. Hold your mouth open here, the mic. Yeah. The government is going to get me. <laughs> Dude, the FBI Facebook is going to be pictures. on you so quick. I don't have a Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> You're born in the wrong age. Uh, maybe you know. I don't know. I had a Facebook. Why I got rid of it though is not. It's because I didn't like the person I was becoming. I'm like, what's this person doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why? And then yeah. it's like three Classic hours fa- later, Facebook and I'm stalker. like, oh, they pet a dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like it's the weirdest thing. Like why now, am I? Now he just at- keeps a book of 
faces that he yeah. <laughs> he's Elmer's glued in. It's just, actually yeah, just book their of skin. faces. I fatten them up, keep them in a well, <laughs> right? Then don't feed yeah. them, and then their skin's baggy, and I keep it in a book. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you lacquer the no, skin, or, or do you dry. just let it all air dry? It's, it's I actually I actually tan it good. traditionally tan That's it nice. with the brains. <laughs> the brains, you know, they use the, the cow brains to tan the hide. <laughs> God, don't you know anything about tanning? <laughs> it's from Washington. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I rarely yeah. save the faces. It's from Washington. He's like, ask me about meth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this apple brandy is delightful. Although I will say it's what going to what Colton said about trying to do this blind. You know, I made the mistake of reading the back of the label. So as soon as I read it, I immediately nosed and tasted. You know, I had a taste of cinnamon, cool. which I had not picked up before. But there's that influence, that, which is, again, at a, you know, when you're sitting around a judging panel, it's important, I think, a lot of times for them to take their initial notes without interacting with the other judges so that you're uninfluenced. Because the second a judge tastes it and says, oh, I taste cinnamon or, you know, I taste coriander or something like yeah. that, it's immediately going to affect the rest a, of those judges. You know, next to you hears it, then they have the word cinnamon in their yeah. brains. And you all wanna, of a sudden, the biggest thing on the judging panel is exactly. keep quiet. And what this could be if it's the three of us sitting around. Shit, when Colton and I drink something, or I'm like, hey, I want you to drink this, I don't talk about it. Right? It's and the like, first rule. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise, you're just going to tell him what you want to his mouth open. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that, uh, how could you pick out the fruit? Yeah, so I, and as, especially with a brandy, I think it's important that it is somewhat, I wouldn't necessarily say fruit forward, but you should be able to pick out the base ingredient. You know, if this is a pear brandy, if this is an apple brandy, I think that should be fairly noticeable. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point with it? And that's, again, some of my own personal bias. But I think, uh, you know, in this case, yes, an apple brandy, it's clearly an apple brandy. That comes across, it's, it's a bit young. Uh, it's yeah. got a little bit, you know, it's a little harsh, but... It's the base is really solid. Cool. That's what I will say this like they're this is not harsh at all. Maybe it's all the sugar, but <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like you Could know, be. there's not acetaldehyde or methanol, it's not heads rich. Yeah, yeah, that's why I like this too. Is there's yeah, there's no like added sweetness at all. I mean, this tastes like a really nice, cool. you know, classic cool. brandy. I, I think then, so then that's kind of where getting into the next category would be aroma complexity. Where, you know, I, could, I said like children's sweet, sugary fruit cereal, right? There's that. There's benzoyl aldehyde. Fruit loops, which yeah. Which is like the cherry almonds, you know, that's in everything. Maraschino cherries, almonds, amaretto. There's a little bit of that. There's a yep. little bit of the oak. There's definitely some burnt sugar on this. So there's like, you kind of try and pick apart the labors. Like I kind of just, I think I'm like, okay, what is everything I'm smelling? Oh, if I go to something like, oh, it smells like fruit cereal. I'm like, okay, so what is that really? Right. And then I try and get down to the compounds, but yeah, I'm not yeah, smart. That's a little more intense than yeah. I think most people are trying to go. Right. Right. But like, if you can get down to the compounds and you're like, okay, so how was this derived? Is this a product, their distillation process is a product of their fermentation process. As a judge, when I was giving it back to distillers, I wanted to try and do stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you're definitely going to want to do that if you're doing it in-house to try and track your flavor drift or something like that. I mean, yeah. that's going to be really important. So, I mean, I think that actually this has decent layers, but I don't know. I I don't know how I would rate that as on what number I would give that. On, this on aroma complexity? Yeah. On my complexity, this one, it's like, eh, like, eh it's inexpensive brandy yeah i mean it sounds it sounds if you d- were describing it to me and asked me to rate it it sounds like it's incredibly sweet with some extra sweetness poured in yeah. <laughs> it's like a bowl of sugar <laughs> yeah. with some fruit loops on top yeah and a couple of drops of vitamin c uh what do you call those the the little packets you throw in Emergencies? Yeah, emergencies. <laughs> I'm like desiccant packets. Gotta fight off scurvy, man. <laughs> I feed those to my cat. All right. So I think we've got a good grasp on aroma. Let's move on to the palate concentration Ooh. complexity. Yeah, so I think the first the first thing for the palate, well, the palate that I look for is, you know, is, is alcohol. You know, that's the first thing that'll hit me usually is, is this hot? Is this burning? Right. Is this, you know, super smooth? You know, and that, that kind of goes through all phases of, you know, 
beginning of the palette, middle of the palette, and then finish. But I, it's also, you know, it's the first thing that you'll notice in each one of those sections. Um, and then after that, you can usually get to break it down a little bit more into, you know, the, of those compounds that you were smelling in the nose, what's showing up, what's not showing up, what's showing up that you didn't smell in there, right? I actually, yeah, and I, I think the, the palate concentration is how concise, I think, concise is the word I want to use. So if I can pinpoint, oh, it's this varietal of grape or it's this, and then how quickly that's in and out. All right, like, so if it's, oh, I think I tasted something, but then it's gone immediately, or I can taste a bunch of different things, but I can't really wrap my head around the specifics of it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by concise. So I'm like, right. oh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of sweet. It's like where it's like, you know, less is more sometimes, which I think what you said about what you're drinking is just a traditional, nice, true-to-fruit apple, right? Where mine has all this other stuff going right. on that I'm like, oh, you know. So I, I wouldn't say that this would be the most concise as concentration would go. I would probably put this one on maybe on the lower level. So is your spirit almost like it's trying to be too complex? Like it's trying to be complex? I think it's just trying to be sake. friendly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is mean? a funny <laughs> way to say it. But like, Got it. I think that, I, I, I mean, that is I a think funny that, way. but I, I get what you're saying. People could drink this. And beginners and be like, oh yeah, I had that. I had that brandy once, or I put this in a cocktail and it was good. And it's it's non. It doesn't really have a lot of. Uh, I don't want to say character. You just did. It doesn't have. It's, yeah, right. Like, like it's nothing that I'm going to be like. Oh yeah, it was really strong in this point, and I really liked it for this reason. There's not one thing I could say that I'm like because it had this character to it. I like it. But I think it's approachable, right? Yeah. But so I think I guess that's what I say, my friend. I just hate the word approachable. Right. No, I think the problem there is one of the really one of the only real unforgivable sins is if your product is you know forgettable. You know, you don't want someone to taste it and then walk away and immediately forget that it was even in their mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm not. I can't even touch that one. Yeah. Um, the the thing is, is like this is such a niche thing as it is, right? It's and I mean I know the price point on this bottle too. It's it's not an expensive brandy. I think it would be. I someone bought it for me and it's it's fine. Like it's. So these I, are I these are all good examples of why to do it blind. Yeah. As Zena just listed a bunch of yeah things right. It's are, a bunch. He's of a pre he's prejudged it, you know, and we're, you know, fairly good at trying not to prejudge things, but. But if if I had to, if I had this in a flight, I mean, yeah, blind, you'd yeah. still pick up most could, of what you. I said. I could pick yeah. up what I said and just be like, ah, yeah, I, I, it's not. I mean, and we'll get to those. I'm getting ahead of myself on the judging sheet here, but yeah, I, I think that I don't think to your point, Brian, it wasn't trying to be too cute, right? With like, oh, we're doing like a limousine oak and this whatever the hell they're barrel aging proprietary whatever it said on there right like yeah secret secret yeah. blending they have monkeys tossing around barrels and uh actually that would be amazing is there a distillery that does that they just pay gorillas to throw barrels back and <laughs> there's forth. gonna be because <laughs> donkey kong <laughs> distillery like, yeah. oh my god like, there's so you know, much money you're a gorilla you're like a really weak gorilla <laughs> <laughs> so only like the, the yeah. five gallon barrels yeah. <laughs> a really weak set no i like the idea of going to zoos and doing like gorilla rescue for all these like older gorillas that are ready to retire and we'll put them to work in distilleries <laughs> just, you just gotta beat them you just have to beat those old gorillas they yeah, won't throw the barrels unless you beat them they're ready to retire <laughs> so you want to put them to work <laughs> that's what I'm, because otherwise they'll die it's just like people you go home you sit on a chair you're gonna die we, we gotta keep these I think we just get two old gorillas and like stand them on either side of the room and one small Italian man and he has to jump over the barrels as they roll into exactly we dress Colton up like a princess put him up on some scaffolding I don't know where this is going but I I really like the concept. It's Donkey Kong barrel aging. I mean, it's innovative. Right. It's, you know, Jefferson Ocean, eat your heart right. out. Solera aging, <laughs> it's old news. We're moving on. Old news, <laughs> old gorillas. So, yeah, so concentration, I don't know. That's how I read that. So that's what I, you know, my take on it. Some of the descriptions that are on there were characterful, 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 
man, I am dumb. <laughs> dense, average, thin. Where see, like, I guess average is, is kind of what I was getting at. Dense. That could kind of those are average. those are kind of a lot of those are kind of synonymous. Right? So right, and, and thin. That's when more it's about talking about palate concentration, I, I always think more of like the actual mouthfeel. You know, is it what kind of viscosity does it have? Does it coat your mouth? Do you feel it after you're you know after you're done? Is it, you know the thin? I I personally hate it when it's got you know a th- you know a thin character to it because again it's fleeting and it doesn't yeah, seem to fleeting. Convey. Yeah, I mean, fle- when, ooh, it, when it tastes like paint thinner, yeah. that's what you don't like. Or? Oh, that, yeah, that's always delightful. No, yeah. I love that. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's what More, I like. please. I just want to pour chemicals into my mouth. All the time. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you on that. The mouthfeel. And I, I think, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves, too. But see, like, that's why I, <clears throat> that concentration, to me, it's, it's, it's how concise it is. Like, what were they trying to do? Did they get those sensory notes across right. in, on the palate? All right, wait. So, what did you think of that brandy? Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Okay. Wait, you saw is this that one? Let's let's not. This let's is get away from the Zeno abuse. Post yeah. technical difficulties, <laughs> Devin, you may begin. Yeah, the technical difficulties. By the way, listener, was uh, my knee hit a plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah his knee. Uh, yeah, knee. Code. <laughs> what, what else would it be? Are you implying that it's my pecker? <laughs> How close would I have to be? Really close. Yeah. For the listener, really close. We're talking baby carrot. Just trying to ground it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that smells like a sugar cube. Burnt sugar cube. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm like, where's all this beautiful limousine oak? And like, there's a lot of fruit, though. There's fruit. Yeah. But what, like what Brian said, I do not know what the base spirit of that is. That could be anything. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. Right. It's highly. It's so you know, it what for one. It's it's whatever the brandy was was pretty highly proof distilled, right? So it probably came off the still, like a neutral brandy spirit, close to neutral. Yeah. So and then yeah. they're just adding oak and flavor, sugar, and apparently Fruit Loops and yeah, crushed Fruit. They loops. steep it in Fruit <laughs> Loops. Yeah. It's nice. the new trick cereal, and they get a map gas torch and toast some Fruit Loops and crush them up. Well, well, that sounds like Brian's lab equipment in his basement yeah. <laughs> that he used for the torture. <laughs> torture. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to burn your eyelashes off. I like to think of it as subtle persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. That, that's actually worse. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is. That's way worse. Yeah. And the worst part is, I'm not asking him to do anything. No. You're like Jared Fogel of Subway. Whoa, what? Why, how did we end up there? I don't know. He's just like the worst person I can imagine. Oh, my God. Too soon. First Too 9-11, soon. now him. 9-11. Jared Fogel was behind 9-11 and the Holocaust. You heard it here first. Yeah. Bring you the real news. Joe Still Rogan, talking. don't listen to Joe Rogan's conspiracies. I have the facts. Uh, Joe Rogan's awesome. That's a great podcast. It's true. He's What's totally insane sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we honestly have no idea. <laughs> no, clearly, if you ever, if listener knows this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, I guess I guess back to the tasting. So sheet. yeah, so we moved on to whiskey. Um, <laughs> let's go in a clockwise fashion, and that doesn't even make any sense. Makes <laughs> no fucking uh, sense. <laughs> So we'll go with Colton. Colton, start us off clockwise. You know I'm not actually on the other side of the table, right? Uh, In my world, you are, all right? Okay, I'm good with that. All right, well, so, yeah, we went through how important appearance and aroma and palate concentration is. Palate complexity, I guess we'll we'll land there. So this one, I did do the Kentucky Chew. It was important for it. Yep. I I get a lot of sweetness, but... There's a little bit of that sort of, you know, I hate, I hate the descriptor rye spice because it seems so broad to me, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of there. I will say that there's a big difference when you hear rye spice of a well-aged rye whiskey versus a, a young rye whiskey, where to me that rye spice is just, in the beginning when it's underage, mm-hmm. it's just hot and 
just so green. I think Rye is one of the greenest. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, greenest. And and then all of a sudden it just it turns this corner and it becomes this just beautiful. You know, a lot of a lot of spirits. I think especially malt whiskeys develop these more sort of fruit um, fruit flavor esters, where the rye side gets a little you know I guess spicier again. Yeah, and I think it's you know I'll kind of jump into mine too. So right, actually, we're talking about palate complexity right now. It kind of works out. Naturally, we came upon this. <laughs> um, <laughs> naturally came upon. I can't even <laughs> live with myself. Um, yeah, and I love what you're, you're, you're saying about the rye spice and it being green. Whenever that green, what I always think about is like if you had a fresh twig that you like ripped off a tree, which you're killing trees now. You're a bastard, so don't <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. But if you did that and then you bit into that twig... And like that's what it would taste like, like getting yeah. into like a fresh tree branch, and that kind of green bitter astringency. That's yeah, bitter kind of, astringency yeah, is yeah. a big player in that. So, but I think on the rye spice, it's like uh, I always tried to I'm like what spice. What is it? Is it hot? Is it like jalapeno spice? Is it black pepper spice? I think it's closer to yeah, like much black more pepper. black pepper spice, like a vegetal. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of your you know back of the back of the cupboard, just. You know, if you took a mouthful of thyme or, or or oregano, like any of those just spices, like imagine just trying to eat it raw. And that, to me, is the kind of, you know, at least mouthfeel. Mm. I mean, we're going into the mouthfeel now, but the mouthfeel that I, gets left on my tongue is just, you know, it doesn't, it, it's not even just a particular one of those spices. It's just sort of all of those imagining eating them dry and raw. Mm. And that is, and then breathing out, and that is kind of the flavor I get so, out of that. So, would you think that particular whiskey that you're drinking has a complex palate? I'd say it's it's fairly complex. Um, I, I think it leans a little heavy on the sweet vanilla mm-hmm. um, barrel side, but. So would you think that's base grain sweetness, or do you think it's barrel sweetness? I, I think it's barrel sweetness. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind of things that I try and think about. I'm like, all right, yeah. like, where is this? What this flavor that I'm thinking? If I'm leaning towards something, where is that derived from? We get to, get to Gemba, right? The root cause. Gemba, get to Gemba. Anyone? I don't know this. It's like the Japanese thing, where you know, getting to the root. That's the root cool. cause. Yeah, it's called get to Gemba. I'm gonna put that in Google Translate. I think you're making shit up. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's just yeah, like yeah. if you put that in, it's yeah, the SWAT team is coming to your house yeah. now. It's just, like this is a trap. <laughs> it's just naked pictures of Jared Fogle yeah. <laughs> with Zeno in the background, just giving thumbs up. Yeah, I'm like, he's doing great work. He is the worst. The yes. worst. Like Subway is the worst, and like that happened. I'm like, oh, how? If it wasn't yoga mat bread or Eleven and a half inch foot long subs. <laughs> I'm like, couldn't then, have happened to us. Then nice you have company. like this f- f- pedophile, right? <laughs> pedophile, pedophile. <laughs> I'm British now. <laughs> then I've been meaning to tell you guys, I'm coming out as British. <laughs> Chap. Anyways, okay. So to my spirit and the complexity, um, some of that rye spice that you're talking about, that I thought that's a great descriptor of. Grabbing like a jar of allspice, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? like putting it in your mouth, like oh shit, that's intense, <laughs> yeah. but like not in the worst way. That's mostly for me. It's it's like when you if you would if you ever do that, it's when you breathe out. It's not the actual yeah. eating of it, right? Because that's just way. Well, just too don't much, breathe but, out. I yeah, mean, fucking never. loser. <laughs> <laughs> hold it in. Yeah, you hold it in like a man, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's an uncle kind of saying, not Dad. <laughs> Mine definitely has that spice to it. Uh, there's like the my favorite is the tobacco, like a tobacco yeah. that like a a pouch of chewing tobacco or a just kind of earthy. Yeah, old uh, like pipe tobacco shop. Like I love that aroma. I love that, and it's on the palate too, and it's it's great. So I have that rye spice. There's a little bit of sweetness in there. There's some barrel character, but it has that tobacco and leather like. Like a brand new leather bag. Who has that? I don't have a brand new leather bag. No. I do. I keep all my faces in it. Yeah. <laughs> and oddly enough, it's buck. made out of faces. <laughs> faces. It's my face bag face. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, I quite like the, I would say, of palate complexity. It's definitely here. Uh, yeah. I would say some of that spice 
that rice spice is again. I hate to say it too. Like, oh, rice spice. It's that's just too. It's too easy of a word, right? Yeah. Like, but you can definitely pick out high rye mash bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that they're. You can pick them out, right? We're both drinking Maker's Marks. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are idiots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm still drinking brandy. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I was drinking gin this whole time. I don't know what the fuck's yeah. going on. Uh, all right, Brian. So how how is your? Uh, uh, let's you move into body too. I know how you like to move into bodies. I um, really like moving into body. But it's nice. So ta- speak to your spirit's palate complexity and then into body. Yeah, so my spirit, my spirit's actually interesting where it's got kind of a weak nose. You know, the actual aroma is nothing to write home about. But then when you actually, the second I taste it, you start getting those complexities. Uh, the body's great. It's got, it's got a good viscosity, uh, coats the mouth, I'm doing the Kentucky Chew, of course. Uh, I would say it's fairly complex, in, especially in the fact, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but this is what stands out to me is the finish, is afterwards it really lingers. It's got great legs, you know, and I really look for that in a good spirit too, especially a whiskey. You know, same thing, I've got a rye, so when that rye spice, as you say, it, if it lingers and it continues to kind of change and evolve on my palate, that really stands out to me. So I'm picking up different nuances of the flavor. It's not just like a mouthful of allspice or a mouthful of pepper. It's mm-hmm. kind of like flowing through the different, you know, the different um, spice profiles as I continue to breathe out. So that's got uh, a your, really nice coating complexity. Is it concentrated then too? Could you, you think it's like it's deliberate and it's yes. delivery of those? Well, and I think part of it too is, and I'm, again, this is going a little against the uh, blind side, but this is actually cast strength. So it's locking up some of those, you know, mm. some of that yeah. flavor profile a little bit. I think that's what's holding back some of the nose. But when then you, you get it in your mouth and you're actually tasting it, it starts to, you know, it starts to play out. Well, that's great because, I mean, the, the after body would be alcohol. And I think the big thing is like in balance or out of balance. And then right. warm, integrated, harmonious, and harsh. So it, right. you're drinking a barrel strength character. Here again, this is where you know, different panels for different spirits mm-hmm. come into play. But would you think, so even though it's barrel strength, it sounds like it's pretty well integrated. From what it's really well integrated. It's really well balanced. Yeah. And okay. I think that that's easy to really fuck up when you're dealing with a cast strength. I think you can definitely screw up in terms of your balance. And I think some people do cast strength when they don't have a good balance. To mask? Yeah. No, exactly. Because again, you're locking up, you know, you know, you're locking up some of those flavor profiles. So as soon as you add some water to it, it changes completely. And it's, I don't know, that's not speaking to all cast strength, but in my experience, you do run into that. I love cast strength there though. Cause I'm like, man, if you want to prove it, like if, yeah. you know, if it's too hot for you, put some freaking water in it. That's actually Bitch. my favorite. That's, yeah. that's the time I'll, I'll throw some ice in. Cause kind of each step is a different, or each sip is a, is a different step down where right. and, and you know, I my think first one's still layering. cast, but then my last sip's, you know, a 60 proof whiskey and it's yeah. uh, no, and and I, much, much more viscous because my backwash is just insane. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it feels like, it feels like when you're doing a cast strength, it's, there's no middle ground. It's either you're really confident in your product and you know what's going to happen or you are maybe trying to mask something covered up or just get product out there. I mean, so that's was, not fair necessarily. I was say, talking but. to, um, I was talking to Ted Huber that might have been a year or two ago, but we were talking about picking barrels for single barrels, right? Um, Because, you know, we've we've talked a little bit about, you know, picking barrels and, you know, just trying them, trying them at different proofs and everything. I was like, so how do you know when you're, you know, picking out a range of single barrels is tough because you're just, you're doing five to 10 to 15 tastings of cast strength whiskeys. That blows your palate out real quick. Yeah, and he's like, well, what we do actually is we throw we throw it in a glass with ice and try it like most people would drink it. I was like, that's that's a really interesting. You know, ninety percent of people are going to drink a cast strength whiskey with some ice, probably. So, right. We, is there any fear that I mean, some of the the rule of thumb I've heard people talk about? Maybe it's just uh, you know bartender speak but when you put ice in it you tend to you know you cool down the liquid you numb the palate do you have any fears of that is that something that's actually a concern uh, I, th- I'm, I mean a little bit but we're still we're talking about a 120 plus proof spirit 
Right. I think that you're already numbing your palate. Okay, so th- I think this brings up an interesting That's a tang- tangential conversation, <laughs> is that are you tasting to try and get a perspective of your perspective, um, perspective of perspective? <laughs> back, um, back to the inception. Customers, right? <laughs> yeah, like, so you're like, these are the people that are going to, I want to drink my spirit. This is how I think they're going to drink it. I want it to taste like this. Or do you just do under your lens through your frame of reference? I think, I think when I sit down, my first, my initial tasting will be under my, my lens, right? Where I'm grading the spirit on whether or not it's good. And once it goes there, then I'll sit down and say, okay, this is a, you know, I like this barrel. Now, now, if if I then I go into if I were a customer, I would probably drink it like this. Maybe I should try it at X proof or X, you know, and then just kind of say, well, yeah. And we have, and this is this is one of the big reasons that we do panels when we take, like, even in the distillery, we do at least four yeah. people uh, on a panel. And right? it's probably because good to get like. Front of house people and back of house people. Yeah, exactly. We try, and, to, we try to you make know, it homeless mix it up guy as off much. the street. Like, yeah, I mean they oh, always Carl. they always love to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, ours is Bob, but yeah. <laughs> it's me. It's actually yeah. me. It's a Zeno. Yeah. yeah, he wears different faces. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I sing Lazarus Q Goodbye yeah. Horses the entire time. Um, yeah, but so we, uh, you know, like there's a lot. Some of them, some of us like. You know, like much hotter, you know, higher alcohol tasting spirits than I do. Um, I think I'm my when I'm picking barrels, at least I think I think I'm thinking much more of the normal consumer. That's you know not you know that's in, not drinking hundred proof plus every day, so they're not ready for a barrel strength. See, whatever, that's interesting so. because I don't give a shit about people. I always give. I'm like, <laughs> I'm, no, like this, ah. I'm like, no, nah, I don't like it. Or like, ah, oh, yeah, this works at a barrel strength, but I, I really should because if people I'm just saying about like down, selling it too. Like, so how many yeah. things work at barrel strength, but when you proof them down, just fall flat. Most, I mean, most for us, especially because we're using those smaller barrels. So, right. you know, we get a lot of body and a lot of, um, you know, flavor coming out at, at, high proof but then we also have you know the other side of the problem is that it still tastes young then and so it's really hot right so it's so we proof it down but then it yeah right to every time i get uh tasting notes back it's too much wood not enough age just you know code for get some bigger barrels (laughs) are we coming back to jared fogel again (laughs) too much wood not enough age A memoir, Jared Fogel. Oh, Oh, not proud of this podcast. (laughs) Subway jokes. No, I think this is a really good tangent, Zeno, because this is kind of the conversation of art versus business and marketing. Because I think, I think Colton's right. You got to kind of start with your own palette, what you want to aim, what you want to make, and that's part of the art behind it. You got to have some passion. You got to enjoy it. Because if you don't do that, then I think if you're just trying to appeal to the broadest possible audience, that may sound good from a marketing business perspective, but you're going to make something boring. You know, you're not going to hit that niche. I think it's the best way to balance it is come at it from your angle of really what you want to make, something you're passionate about, but then make sure there is an audience for it. If it's so esoteric and weird that no one else is going to enjoy it and you're a small distillery, it's probably not a great idea because you're not going to have a big enough audience to actually purchase it and stay in business. So you've got to kind of find that sweet spot, something that you enjoy, something you're passionate about, but there is a niche market for it. And then when you're, when you're doing that, then you look at what your audience wants within that niche, as opposed to trying to go too broad. I I think that, yeah, if you shoot for the end, sometimes you'll hit the middle, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so if you have this eccentric spirit that you're going to make, you're like, there's probably other people that want to drink that too. Yeah. Right. So there's a market for, but you got to find them. But you got to so. keep. You got to yeah, find them. Yeah. And you got to keep. And you got to be on. distributed in their so like, states or their countries. I mean, that's, when it comes to like on my scale of things and giant distilling, right? It's more of the what does the market want, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, that's what drives it, right? You know, I'm I'm a tool for marketing as a distiller. I yeah. know that. I know that about me, and that's fine. But you know, you can still make a good spirit and market it 
and it can be you can be close to you and your own, and it still can appeal to the masses. That, yeah. that is there, but I mean, like Colton, you know, you said earlier, you make a bunch of smoked products, right? Like yeah. that's it's pretty niche. Yeah, that's I mean, that's only aggressive. all of Scotland, but yeah, <laughs> not all of it. Yeah, yeah. Nah, I mean, I yeah, mean, we we use it's like one, a, one thing with Pete, but it's it's know, like a kick to the side of the head. So. You know, like, yeah. but I think people have a little bit, they, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's an interesting conversation is how, what frame of reference are you going to approach your tasting at? Right. Well, I, also, I think your I mean, own is the best way to start for sure. Yeah. I mean that's so, you know, smoked whiskeys is a really good example where we have some barrels, you know, we're not at the scale where everything can be super consistent all the time. So I have some barrels that just come in just, just uber smoke bombs right and then other barrels that are a little more nuanced and trying to find that balance of obviously some people are going to want super smoke bombs but most people don't so they need that little in between and to get back to like what so you know we touched on palate complexity and you were talking about body brian you're like we don't want it to be fleeting right you want it to be Oh, I taste this at the beginning, and then it finishes it on my palate like that, and it hangs out. Like I want it to be, especially when I'm drinking American whiskey. Sometimes, yeah. like I'm like, yeah, it's it's like a, you know, I want it to hang out, right? Like I want it to be rich and a little bit of a kick in the teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like there's some sweetness, and then it's totally different sometimes at the end than it was at the beginning. Right? Yeah, I mean that that rye I just had, I can still. I mean, it's still lingering. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and I think part of that is again, that hype, the high proof nature of it, you know, I'm still breathing out and getting different, you know, different flavor notes. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to run down the list because we've been through all of them except for smoke character. Cause none of that pertains to the spirits we're drinking, Yeah. but we went appearance, aroma, intensity, aroma, complexity, palate, concentration, palate, complexity, body, alcohol, Texture. I think we kind of danced around that. We didn't explicitly. I think we we kind of moved texture into complexity and concentration. Right. Yeah. And then and then finish. And then the last one, which is like it's always it's the most fun as a judge, but it's also yeah. kind of calibrates everything you thought about this. Like none of that shit matters except for would you pour it for a peer? Yeah. And I yeah. mean, I could say. This is probably the thing I pour most for a peer, what I'm drinking <laughs> right now. So that's unfair. Um, Strawberry absolute vodka. It's cotton candy <laughs> Kool-Aid. Birthday cake. Yeah, yeah what's that? Because it's always cream, birthday right? if you're drinking birthday cake vodka. Pinnacle whipped cream. You have to drink it through nipples. Yeah. Are you collecting those like faces too? <laughs> no, I just get people to stand really close to each other. And... <laughs> All right, so... All that, yes, I would pour mine for a peer. This particular one, my la- the la- the first one, the brandy. To have them try, I would put it on my yet. shelf, and if they asked about it, but I wouldn't seek it out to pour it for them. Right. What about you, Colton? Would you pour <clears throat> yours for a peer? Probably not. That's that's all right, but that's just because Colton doesn't have any peers. No one actually yeah, likes him. I mean, so <laughs> yeah. that's just me pouring more <laughs> drinks for myself. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, I mean it's, you know, it's a good whiskey, but it, to me, it doesn't stand out as something just amazing. And are you literally going to pour yourself more? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I got to try it again to make sure yeah. that I'm right. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Yeah, I would absolutely. Again, it's it, because there's something unique about it. It's it's a high proof. It's a younger but interesting rye. It's got. It, there's something about it that's unique and interesting, and that's one of my qualifiers for whether I would pour for a beer or not, you know, because yeah. I want to have that conversation. Yeah, and so, like, all right, so that, that's I what guess I, was, that's, I wanted to get to. So if you poured it for them and they told you what they thought about it and they got it all out and you listened to them and you didn't give them, you know, the power of persuasion, what would you say, well, like, yeah, this is why I want you to try it. It's this. What is the one thing that you want them to try? What is it about it? About this particular spirit that I would yeah. want them to try. Yeah, you think would, it's interesting. What is it specifically? I think it's a really good example of an American rye from a newer craft distillery that stands out. 
and it's something other craft distillers could aspire to. So in terms of actual flavor profile, I really like the longevity and the complexity of the finish, and I think that stands out. All right, so what is it? Let's, let's reveal the curtain. Uh, this Pool is packing. straight rye whiskey from Spiritworks Distillery in California. Oh, okay. Cool. I have... I love their I love their branding too. Yeah, I have one of their yeah, their branded the gin is yeah. At least yeah, I have their, their barrel, yeah, their barrel gin up on my gin. shelf. Yeah, yeah, cool. I I haven't had that. I would definitely. Oh, I killed a bottle of that cast strength in like really in a week. It's really good. I think. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. And again, it's young, but it's it's great. <laughs> I forget what it's. At. Yeah, they this do a really one is good job. Uh, it's one hundred and fifteen proof. Nice. Yeah, I yeah. think mine was even higher than that, but probably. All right, so behind my curtain is <laughs> yeah. a lifetime of shame. Um, it, it's it's old granddad bottle and bond. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it, but it's really freaking good, man. Like, it's still it's a classic. It's, it has like it's complex, but somehow still concise and. It does have it's a high rye bourbon, and it and but only the bottle and bond, only the bottle and bond. It's that's. I mean, one fourteen is 14. good too, but it's it's basically bottled and bond, just slightly higher proof yeah. and a lot more pr- cost. So. But I love it. And the one thing I would say, I was like, man, this is this is my Miller High Life of bourbons. Okay. Right. A hundred proof, a hundred proof whiskey, <laughs> yeah. and that's how we knew he had a drinking problem. Um, <laughs> uh, but it is. I mean, I drink it. It's it's what I casually drink, and I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it with an ice cube in it. I like it neat. So, all right, Colton, what about you? The one you wouldn't you wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I mean, oh, even though it's good, no, like I, I still wouldn't recommend it. I, it's just it's. Kind of to me, it's a generic American bourbon. I'm, I'm drinking Knob Creek. I know Oof. that somebody that we know makes it. But <laughs> at this table. It's the computer. The computer makes it. Yeah, it's that <laughs> robot. Beep, beep, whiskey, <laughs> generic whiskey. Mm. I mean, one it doesn't. One. It doesn't have any flaws. It Would you like have. to order whiskey or remove a cervix? <laughs> it's the same robot. It's apparently. always a cervix. I always want to remove. <laughs> To sew it to another <laughs> cervix. I have super cervix. Anyways, uh, I, I don't, I mean. Yeah, I know it's not near and dear to your heart. <laughs> I, I like it. I do. It's, I, like, I like it too, but it's, what, what I was saying is it's, there's no flaws, and it tastes good, but it doesn't stand out to me. It tastes just like 90% of the other. I mean, it's, it's definitely a higher end of the... Um, big American bourbons, but yeah. it tastes like all of the higher end big American bourbons. Where, on the other hand, Granddad, which isn't even a higher end, I would choose nine times out of ten more than I would an Up Creek. Yeah. Well, I know you love old Granddad too, but I didn't give that to you because I wanted to drink it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do we cool. want to blow through the last two categories? Can you? Are you up to it? No, I got to get going. Okay. So I got to roll on this one. So we should wrap this up. But mm, I've never heard that before. <laughs> well, I've heard Actually, it, but you, I've never you, you've listened. You've heard it, you just don't listen to yeah. it. <laughs> I can't hear through the ball gags. <laughs> Is that like you wearing two ball gags yeah. in your ears? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think when, when push comes to shove, that last one, would you pour it for a peer, can help you analyze all the rest of them. Yeah, it does. It's a really good qualifier to basically go in thinking, is this something I want to share with other people? Yeah. I mean, I feel good. I would say if you make something you're proud of, whether it's because you're proud of it because a lot of people are going to like it and you're going to make them happy when they're enjoying your spirit, or you're proud of it because you fucking like it and you don't give a shit what other people think, I'm okay with either one of those, but I think that there's a middle ground there. Well said. What about you, Colton? Closing thoughts? None. None. <laughs> I would not recommend this Knob Creek. Yeah. I'd pour another glass yeah. of Knob Creek. More Knob Creek for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what about you, Brian? Devious plan. 
Uh, I think that covers it. Don't eat Subway and stay away from Up Creek. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny is we were going to stop at Subway on the because we we're like, oh, we can't eat fast food on the drive up, and we just drove up in a, a basic ice storm. Kind of wish you had an eleven and a half inch sandwich now, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well played. It tastes like a yoga mat. All right, gents. Hey. This is fun as always. Zeno, yeah. I am devastated. You're not going to be in Portland. I'm still not coming yeah. to terms with it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, me too. It I'll bring. I'll bring one of his faces. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, thanks, man. I can shave off like part of my beard, and you can make a little Zeno doll out of it. <laughs> oh my god! If you bring me some of like just a couple strands of his hair. That would be fucking creepy. So yeah. don't do that. Yeah. But I'd still like. I'd still take it. It's just like two my butt hairs <laughs> between two pieces of duct tape. <laughs> Although it will be super useful to like plant Zeno's hair at crime scenes for no particular yeah. reason. Like not that I. I mean, not that I would do that. Yeah. He'll you be sprinkle that DNA. <laughs> we like keep nothing. finding butt hairs at these goddamn murders. <laughs> <laughs> they can't tell if they're butt hairs. Forensics no, no. is not that advanced. No, we'll leave yeah. notes. Yeah. <laughs> Sticky it's notes the the error. killer. <laughs> what is all this cocaine everywhere? Someone must have been tasting spirits. <laughs> better, better leave some of Zeno's butt hairs. <laughs> all right. Good stuff. Oh, uh, good ending. Yeah. Good ending. Cheers. <laughs>